Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Cavs fans, we hope you love Cavalier Central. If you're looking for more great basketball podcasts to listen to, please check out these other shows from the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, and Beyond the Ball. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. Joining me again today is Dan Galinsky. Dan, how you doing? Good, how you doing, man? I'm all right. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the Cavaliers' return to play, both this summer slash fall and going into next season, and we're also going to look at some different roster combinations that the Cavs can throw out there. So looking at the Cavs' return, it's looking like right now they're going to be having team workouts and home facilities for all of the eight teams that didn't make the Orlando bubble. That'll be starting, I think it's at the second week of August. After the workouts, we'll have the possibility of scrimmages against other teams, and they were saying two different cities. So maybe Chicago and then another team out east, or another city out east. The proposal isn't yet approved by the NBA or the MBPA. We'll likely be getting more info as far as that goes this week. What do you think caused the Chicago bubble plan to fall apart? Why don't you think that ended up happening? Uh, It's hard to say, really. I thought that, frankly, made more sense than what's kind of being considered now. Um, But I guess it would be, for them, it seems like with the MBPA, it's hard for them to determine if there's the same stringent health guidelines for COVID-19, that sort of thing. But uh, the two-city format and um, teams potentially, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of, a fair amount of players on each team that have kind of gone to their original homes, that sort of thing, uh, with like Colin Sexton, Andre Drummond um, going to Florida. Um, Sexton's near Atlanta. It seems kind of odd. They, I would think that they would kind of prefer the bubble concept again if they were going to have anything, but uh, that just seems it, it seems kind of odd to me. But I guess for them, they just figure that's more so kind of informal to maybe have scrimmages, maybe not. Uh, I, I guess it, it's just hard to say, really. I guess they maybe they think that if they had this kind of format more, might lead to veterans doing it more than, I guess, bubble where they could have potentially have had for summer league type games. I, honestly, it's it's hard to say really though. Yeah, I was kind of confused by it too because it's saying, you know, that they might do scrimmages afterwards, but now they're saying that those might be in two different cities. So are those still going to be bubbles or are they just going to be, we've seen like with baseball, where it's just going to be all the social distancing, all the mask wearing. I figured... You know, if, if they're going to be making it in two different cities, are they going to make those cities bubbles or are they going to just have them come in and play? Same with like the, I'm assuming that the home facilities and just the workouts, obviously they'll be, you know, following certain safety protocols, but I just found it odd that they're planning to go with now two different cities instead of just bringing everybody to one spot and doing the same plan that they've done with Orlando, which is something that's seemed to work. Yeah, you would think that they would go with, if it hasn't been broken to an extent, don't fix it. I, I I agree with you entirely on that. But yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure how they would if it would be bubbled or not. But um, given the kind of it seems kind of uncertainties involving that, we'll we'll have to see how that plays out. But uh, I'm not entirely sure if the players' association or legal even 
I mean, considering how long it took them to do the or kind of get the groundwork for the bubble to actually come into fruition, I'm not far from certain if they'll even have this anyway. Yeah, and we'll we'll still have to see again. We'll get more information about it soon. But yeah. looking at next season, it's the talks right now are that there's a good chance that when the season starts in December, we'll be seeing another bubble. Again, like I said, you know, we've seen baseball try to do it without, and it's a lot more difficult for baseball just because you need so many more people for everything. But yeah. the bubble or the, the the whole baseball situation really hasn't worked well. Rob Manfred threatened to shut down the league after a lot of positive tests came. The Orlando bubble is again; it's working right now. How long could they handle thirty teams, though? Right now, they're at twenty-two, and they're only going for a certain period of time. And again, they might not need it the whole season, but it seems like, you know, they're just saying however long we need it, it seems like it could be difficult to keep teams, all the entire league in one bubble for, you know, half a season or whatever it ends up being. Yeah, I, I it's it's hard to say exactly, but uh, I mean, yeah, I could, it, the three-team thing is, is a whole other animal. I'm sure that would be, that'd be exponentially harder to control and given that there's supposed to be or said to be a second wave coming in the, the fall, late fall, we'll have to see how that would uh, play out. But yeah, it's, we could definitely see that for, I would think maybe the first 20 games of the season seems somewhat reasonable, but uh, it, it's just hard to kind of have that selling point of uh, keeping players away from their families and loved ones for uh, that kind of extended period of time again. And um, considering it be the second time for it, uh, I would just hope that they they wouldn't have to do that. But and from a revenue or loss of revenue standpoint, there's also that uh, not having that fans too. in the stands. Yeah, yeah. It's but it, as you alluded to, it's something that they at least have the framework for. So yeah, we I would think that we could definitely see that again. But um, we'll have to see what kind of plays out medically and what if there's if and when there's a vaccine, that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's at least something that they would, I, I imagine, strongly consider, though. Yeah. And with a vaccine, I think that would open up a whole new, you know, whole new realm of possibilities as far as what they'll be capable of doing. But just the complications with, we've seen so many players sit out of this bubble, how many players would sit out of the next bubble? And part of that was for, you know, family matters that won't be, you know, long-term things, but some of them, you know, that can always come up again. So I wonder what the rules will be as far as if you do have to miss a certain amount of time, can you rejoin the team at a certain point? I'm assuming you could since it's early in the regular season and it's not like you'd be joining the team, you know, in the middle of the playoffs or anything. Like they had the guys opt out for that reason for the Orlando bubble this time. But again, kind of shaky right now. Nothing really firmly you know, no no real information to have yet. We'll, we'll learn more about that as it goes. Moving on to the roster combinations that we were talking about. Will we see more of Kevin Love at center moving forward? This is probably, in my opinion, that is Kevin Love's probably his best position. I would say he's most effective there just because of the spacing. He can hold his own as far as rebounding. And he doesn't have to guard guys on the perimeter. The problems there is it's not a position that he likes to play because he doesn't like banging with the, you know, the big centers of the Embiid's, the Valanchunas's of the world. But is that a position that you think you'd be willing to play? Or on a team that's kind of still in a rebuilding phase, 
like Cleveland, would he just say, I don't want to do it? Uh, well, I think last season that would uh, kind of be a harder selling point for him um, when John Beeline was at the helm and uh, just reports of him and Beeline kind of not seeing eye to eye um, just in that way. But uh, I-, I would think in certain situations when it's, I mean, throughout stretches of games, uh, yeah, as, as you touched on, him at the five really could open up a lot of uh, spacing opportunities. That's um, that's definitely the key element there. And um, for four or five, he's a, re- he's a really good passer, too. And I, I, we don't really see – it seems as though since LeBron's been gone, uh, uh, obviously his 2018-19 was injury-ridden but or riddled, but – um, yeah, for love now with J.B. Bickerstaff, uh, I would think he'd be more receptive of that, um, just given that um, it, it could help open up driving lanes more. And uh, I would think next season we we should see more Kevin Love pick-and-pop situations as well. And it, just with him at the four and Drummond at the five specifically, there's not as many, nearly as many handoff opportunities for him. Uh, and at the five, he can really be opened up in that realm and not really be like in that dunker role that Drummond would be in, but uh, just could really open up a lot of stuff off ball for the Cavs. And uh, I just think it would that sort of thing kind of helps maximize uh, Colin Sexton specifically. And throughout stretches next year, um, you figure that uh, love at the five, yeah, he doesn't love banging that inside against the JVs and uh, Embiid's, but nowadays with centers kind of being marginalized, I mean, to a large extent, uh, a lot of the time he could just be guarding kind of more spacing and, and off-ball threats anyhow, and he could drop, I mean, somewhat effectively uh, if that's called for, and I just think at, at some point you kind of have to play the threes versus twos games. Um, at the other end of the floor, I think that could work out for him, and um, I would think we'll we'll definitely see that some next year. Yeah, and you mentioned a good point with his playmaking being you know above average for a big guy. You could run a lot of stuff with him on the elbow. You know, you could obviously do pick and pops. And the problem with you were saying he doesn't like playing the five, and you were talking about earlier how he had an injury riddled season a couple of years ago. That might be part of the concern for him as well. You know, as he's entering his well, he's in his thirties. And a player who has been somewhat injury-prone throughout his career, all that banging around might just wear him down even more. So it'll be interesting to see if that's something that he's willing to do. Again, with, with J.B. Bickerstaff, a uh, coach that I think he at least respects somewhat compared to John Beeline, it will be a more realistic poss- you know, opp- possibility. I think it'll also depend on who's on the roster. Obviously, we'll have Drummond. We'll see if... if Jordan Bell ends up playing. I think if Bell and Love were on the floor at the same time, Bell would take, you know, the bigger guy. Mm-hmm. Tristan might be back. I think Nance is more of a natural center than Love. And, you know, we, we the door's not closed yet on Tristan either. So, cool. depending on what happens, I think it'll be more of a need thing as far as, again, if we have three rotation-level centers on the roster and Larry Nance, then I think that alone would have enough would give you enough minutes at the five to where Kevin Love would say, there's no need for me to play here. I'm not going to. 
But it'll be interesting to see. And I think, yeah, like you said, just with his playmaking at the elbow, that could open up a lot of shots for some of the younger guards. So, again, I think it would be good to see, but uncertain whether we'll see it or not. Moving on to the super big lineups that we saw at the end of last season with probably this year, Larry Nance at the three, Love at the four, and then a center, probably probably Drummond at the five. Could that end up as just being, you know, a, a however many game gimmick? Or is that something that you see being a real lineup that the Cavaliers could use moving forward? Uh, well, it's... It depends on kind of the matchups they're going against, obviously. But uh, when you take play teams with, I guess, bigger kind of pieces around them, uh, kind of like the Phillies of the world that uh, are just uber big, um, it's, I think, with Nance, the key with Nance is kind of how he's improved on catch and shoot threes. Yes. Um, That's kind of makes that, I would think, a respectable kind of lineup scenario. And he definitely, I mean, he's not going to have the, I guess, handling ability of say like a Dylan Windler at the three, um, or if KP is at the three uh, on occasion there, um, isn't, I mean, he's improved in that way, but not, it's kind of more straight line drives, that sort of thing, um, leading to dump offs. And, and, but, um, with Nance's vision, uh, I, and I mean, he is athletic, so um, really timely cutter. But uh, it's it, I wouldn't expect that to be like an every game stretch thing. But um, every so often, when you're playing bigger teams, um, just because Nance is a really heady off ball defender, uh, gets through off screen off ball screens really well, um, even at his size. So um, I think it's definitely one where it could be relevant for a number of instances. And uh, I would think a fair amount next season, uh, we'd see Dylan Windler at the two anyway. So that can kind of ease his burden defensively, allow him to guard more twos, um, kind that's of off point, guards. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where it comes into play for me. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, I, I wouldn't definitely say it's not a gimmick. I think just because how Nance has really improved offensively these last few years, um, and with him and Love being definitely above average passing bigs, or I should say natural bigs, uh, I think that's something we should see a lot next year. Uh, probably, maybe not every, definitely not every game, but um, probably every two to three games we could definitely see it for, for stretches just because Nance is, is definitely capable of guarding threes uh, to a large extent. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's not a natural small forward, but again, that three that Having a legit three-point shot, which it's looking like he will have, makes the whole thing a lot more realistic. You yeah, make a no good doubt. point as far as, yeah, using it every few games down the stretch, maybe. Because we've seen, like, even with with Houston, with their super-duper small lineup, it kind of caught teams off guard at first. Mm-hmm. But as teams were able to, and especially with that long layoff, teams were able to kind of plan for it. And, you know, that, that kind of surprise factor of seeing it at first kind of wore off. I'm not going to say that, you know, it's not going to work for Houston, but the same kind of thing could happen with the Cavs. Looking at whoever's playing center in that lineup, as of right now, the Cavaliers don't really have a true center that can shoot the ball. Will Drummond ever be able to provide spacing? Do you see that that ever being something that happens? 
So I think that would, if, if Drummond could ever get to the point where he's actually shooting threes, that would open up that whole thing a lot more and make it a real pain for defenses. But is that something you ever see being a possibility? Uh, I just, I don't think the Cavs really have, I mean, I'm just, just, there's reports that the, that he could potentially sign a long-term deal. We'll see, but uh, I just, I don't really see that for next season being a possibility. Um, to me, it's more so with Drummond about, um, there's, there were some signs in the, I think it was 2017-18, um, that he was really coming along kind of as kind of a tertiary playmaker type. Um, that's kind of more what I see with him as, as a possibility if he can kind of have better chemistry alongside Love and those sort of other pieces. But um, I, I don't really see that in, in the Cavs cards. And it's just not – at this point in Drummond's career, I just – I don't really see a Brook Lopez kind of uh, epiphany and just light bulb going off on, on how to shoot. I, I don't really see that. Um, and I don't think the Cavs are looking for it from him. So personally, I just I don't see that as feasible. But um, the plus side with Drummond in terms of spacing, he really does uh, really is a good off ball screener, and and with his body, it definitely um, opens up a lot of handoff kind of pull up opportunities. So um, that's more the spacing element that I see with him, and it's kind of almost like TT in that uh, though he's not a shooter, you still have to be. Uh, aware of where Drummond is on the floor at all times defensively just because he's such an active rebounder. Um, and he can kind of carve out space for guards that way. So, I, But from a, a shooting element, no, I just I don't see it. Yeah, I really don't either. But looking at other options that the Cavs could throw out there at five, we'll see if Jordan Bell makes the team. I think he would be – he's kind of a smaller guy, but he would be the five-man in that, again, just because of his play style, you know, Nance and Love kind of have a little bit more ball handling ability, a little bit more passing ability, just see the floor better. Again, we might see Tristan back, and I think he would. we saw him work really well in those lineups. Other than that, we'll see who they draft. If they were to draft somebody who, if, if James Wiseman does have some sort of shot out of nowhere, then that would, I think, really open up some things. But again, we'll just have to see with all that. But I, I do... I hope that they continue to use the lineup again next year because it's just, it's different and it, it, it obviously it worked. So again, moving forward as teams are able to plan for it, we'll see if it's something that it's probably not going to be as effective as it was during that stretch, but I still think it's something that the Cavs could use and get positive results out of. Yeah. And I mean, just to kind of add to that point, um, the other element to it though is, I, I mean, it, in a way, they could kind of lead into that more against smaller teams as well. Um, just because Nance is is definitely capable of kind of getting through off-ball screens and honestly does a better job than Jetty Osmond does uh, to kind of contest shooters and, and drivers and that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think to an extent, though, uh, it just gives you another offensive rebounder slash lob threat um, in Nance who... I mean, it's he's not an offensive rebounder that's just going to be kind of going for those those boards and getting their team out of position going the other way. Um, but when you have him at small forward on a smaller guy, I think he could really wreak havoc there. Oh yeah, for sure. And and we saw him kind of uh, definitely develop kind of like a low 
low post kind of mid paint fadeaway as well, which I mean, he should be able to get that at will in those kind of lineups. So um, I think it's, we'll definitely see it. Um, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, the success will probably be um, kind of come and go, but I don't, I don't see why they shouldn't at least roll out there a fair amount. Yeah. I think that's just the value of having versatile bigs like, like love and Nance. just, they give you the ability to go super big. They give you the ability to go small with, a shooting guy like Lovett at center who can still, you know, keep you afloat as far as rebounding. You know, I mean, Love's not really a defender in any way, but again, I think he's more capable down low than he is guarding somebody out on the perimeter. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, just, just what Bickerstaff does with kind of the big man rotation as far as, and again, we'll have to see what team we're going up against. But I think that's something that the Cavaliers do have in their pocket is the ability to go big against a team like Philadelphia or go small against a team like Houston. So, like I said, I'm looking forward to it whenever they end up playing again. Wherever they end up playing, whether it's in a bubble or whatever ends up happening. But I think we're going to stop this episode here. We'll be back on Thursday, or this will be going up on Tuesday. So we'll be back on Friday to talk about some of the, the young guys and some expectations for them. So me and Dan will be taking a quick break here and then we'll be recording that. So thank you for listening, rate and review if you enjoyed it. And yeah, we'll see you on Friday. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.